Um, good to see you all. It is me again. Yes, I know we don't normally do week, uh, talks two weeks in a row, but um, Nick has just been having a few days off this week. She is in the building, but she's been having a few days off uh, this week. But don't worry, she is back. Uh, next week, it is Chris speaking in the week after. You have the joys of Nick. So we are preparing for re-entry, being the best post-pandemic you. Um, and so today's is called Living with Fear. So, so far, um, so far we have looked at last week, born to do what, really? What's your purpose? And we ended up really saying whose you are, who you are, and then what you're for. And you have to really try and go in that order as far as possible. Whose you are, who you are, and then what you're for. This week, living with fear, coming back to that in a minute. Next week, Chris will be looking at diaries and priorities. The idea of sowing and reaping. If you sow one thing, that is what you're going to reap from. In other words, very simply, if you sow apple pips, you are going to grow an apple tree. You're not going to get some kind of uh, pear tree even. You're not going to get uh, blackberries. You're going to reap from the thing you sow. So Chris will be tackling questions like, who is it good for me to spend my time with? What is it good for me to focus my time on, etc. And then the week after that, the final one of this little series is a new rhythm. It's putting a lot of these ideas together and how can we be the best post-pandemic us. But today we are looking at this subject. We are looking at living with fear. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that we, are, we have it and we're living with it, but certainly whether we have it or it's all around us, it's definitely very present and feeling more present than now than ever. So fear and anxiety. Let's go back one. Let's go to that one. No. Yes, that one. Fear and anxiety is without a doubt on the increase, 80% of Britons working from home feel that lockdown has had a negative effect on their mental health. 80%. The other 20% are out and out introverts. That's all I can think. But anyway, 80% of Britons working from home feel the lockdown has had a negative effect on their mental health. Mental health. The number of people who are married or in a civil partnership who are reporting high levels of anxiety has doubled since lockdown happened. So that's people in a marriage or civil partnership reporting high levels of anxiety. That number has doubled. It's now four in 10, pretty much. According to healthychildren.org, one in three adolescents aged 13 to 18, one in three will experience an anxiety disorder at some point. One in three? I think most of us have experienced definitely fear at some point. Some of us anxiety too at various times. Some people live with anxiety. They live with it as a daily present reality. But I want to say this to you right at the beginning. You have not failed. You are not failing, and you definitely are not a failure. 
So if you are living with anxiety, if the anxiety can manifest as out and out fear at times, and it's a present reality for you, particularly if you already have a relationship with God, you haven't failed, you're not failing, and you're not a failure. You're in a war. So let's just deal with something it's definitely not. Good fear. There is a type of good fear. If you are walking near a cliff edge and your foot slips, if you look up and there's a tiger running towards you, or if a fight breaks out right near where you are, a whole host of things, your body will go into what's commonly called a fight or flight reaction. So your, your eyes will widen, your senses are heightened, your heart immediately starts to beat faster, your muscles become energized. And you are energized, basically, as the fight or flight thing suggests, the name suggests, you're either ready to deal with it or you're ready to leg it, one or the other. And your body, it's amazing, your body has been designed in such a way that you have this mechanism that kicks in. Is that of God? Absolutely. Is that part of design? Yes, absolutely part of design. If we're going for... Um, if we're going for we came from a big bang, I feel really sorry for those people who all got eaten by tigers because it never actually developed. Their fight or flight mechanism never actually developed. So um, anyway, sorry, slight bit of just cynicism there. But anyway, so that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about what we're calling good fear. You know what I mean, the fight or flight thing. No, 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 no. We're talking about that response or slightly lesser anxiety, but that is sometimes manifesting us in us even without the triggers. I will just quickly mention here as well, fear and anxiety have a couple of cousins. These two cousins are much more socially acceptable. One of them's called worry, that's a good one, and another one is called concern. And depending on how we're feeling, or depend on which one of those words we interchangeably use, so what do we actually mean by fear then? The chief characteristic of anxiety is the continual imagining of how things could get so much worse. The chief characteristic of anxiety is the continual imagining of how things could get so much worse. It is a running over thoughts in our head it is a, an imagining, a fantasizing, but we're not using our imaginations for what our imaginations have been designed for. Instead, we are, we are preparing for the worst, all the time preparing for the worst. And then what we can do, and we've all done this, we all do this, I know I have, you then start to put controls in place so that, so that X can't happen. I've seen it. I see it. I wake up thinking about it. Oh my goodness, I've had sleepless nights. This is about, right, I need to do something about that. It is a little bit cheesy and pretty cliche, but fear can be an acronym for false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. Don't get me wrong. Like I've said, see a tiger, run. That's not what we're talking about. It's false evidence appearing real. It is the whispers in your ears, it is the battle in your mind that says, you are going to die, you are going to get sick, 
your children are going to be in a, in, in a horrendous accident. It's these things that we, that we have running through. They don't really love me anymore. The reason they keep being late is because they're having an affair. I don't even know what I contribute to this world. To be honest, it's probably better off without me. So let's make one thing absolutely abundantly clear. Fear and anxiety is not of God at all. Fight or flight, yes. Other stuff, no, no, no. Absolutely not. Does the Bible say we are to fear God? Yes, but that's because we have limited English words. That word fear really means reverence, respect, honour, not terror. We're not to be terrified of God. Do I want my kids to um, respect me and honour me as their dad? Absolutely. Do I want them to be terrified of me? Oh gosh, no. That's heartbreaking. That's not, what, that's not how we want our kids to be. So fear is not his plan. It's not his way. I haven't checked this, but apparently 365 times in the Bible it says about not fearing. Do not fear. At no point in the Bible does it say, be terrified now. Nowhere. It's not God's plan. So to further prove that God is anti-fear, fear has not come from him, we have this little snippet of a verse. And it's in um, a book called 1 John, right near the very end of the Bible. It's a letter. And it's the, the, whole, the whole quote says this, Love never brings fear, for fear is always related to punishment. But love's perfection drives the fear of punishment from our hearts. Perfect love, completed love, love manifested fully in us, drives out fear. Well, it says that God is love. So if fear is from God, God is like driving himself out. Makes no sense. Fear is not of God. It's not in his design. It's not his intention. And it's not his best for us. So let's understand God being love clearly opposed to fear. I wonder if fear is actually the antithesis of love and not hatred, as some believe. Fear robs our joy. And if you don't like the word fear, oh, I'm not fearful, I'm just anxious. Put anxious in then. Oh, I'm not anxious, I only worry. Put worry in. No, I mean, I don't even do any of those. I mean, I'm just concerned. Put concern in. Concern, fear, anxiety, worry robs our joy and it steals our imagination and our dreaming from what we were designed for. You are absolutely right to have an imagination. Absolutely right. But we haven't been gifted our imaginations to spend time dwelling on all the naff stuff that could happen. The what ifs in a negative way. That's, what, that's not what it's there for. And we're coming on to some more of that in just a moment. So fear and anxiety are predominantly to do with not feeling safe. Not feeling secure. Not knowing our worth. Fear of losing provision. How are we going to cope? Fear of not being enough. Sometimes just the very act of being out of control. After all, as we've said, we love to put controls in place to try and manage our fear. 
So, do not fear, the Bible says. Well, I don't know whether you know people, you probably do, who suffer, I will use that word, with fear and anxiety. Have you noticed how ineffective it is to go up to someone who's frightened and say, do not fear? They say, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's it. I'm fixed. This is like an episode of Neighbours. It just needs one line from someone wise and suddenly everything's fine. Actually, when someone is feeling frightened and you're feeling frightened, maybe it's you, someone comes up to you and says, do not fear, what you need to say back to them is, I'd duck if I were you. That's what you need to just say to them. See how, see how that goes. So I'm going to offer a few practical steps of dealing with fear and anxiety, not from someone who like, has this all sussed. Do I wrestle with it at times? Absolutely, of course. But as we emerge into this uncharted territory of life after lockdown, but still with COVID out there. So this is number one. There are three. Be strong and courageous. Oh, God has won. It's like I'm giving the answers away. One moment. There, that one. Be strong and courageous. So this is in the book of Joshua, and this is God talking to Joshua. The Israelites are about to begin the task of entering the promised land. That is the land that God promised to them. And it says this, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law that my servant Moses gave you. Don't turn from it, not to the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditate on it day and night so that you can be careful to do everything written in it. The Bible also later on says, as a man thinketh, so is he. Works for women too. And even with the word thinketh, basically as you think, you will become. So what God is saying to Joshua here is, this is the stuff you need to put in your head. This is the stuff you need to put in your mouth. And I'll tell you about putting it in your mouth in just a minute. He says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And there it is. Why can we afford to be strong and courageous? Because the Lord our God is with us wherever we go. Even if you've never said yes to him, even if you've never had a re- started any kind of relationship with God, he is right there, right now, simply waiting for a response from you. So we can be strong and courageous because God is with us. This is his offer. I'm with you. This is what he said to Joshua. Don't be afraid. I'm here. Now, if you want anyone on your side, it's him, Right? Father, a protector, a guide, a counsellor, mighty warrior, a provider, God Almighty, supreme. These are just some of the names, some of the accolades, some of the attributes of our wonderful God. What? So you're saying, Chris, that if I hook up with God, then everything will be tickety-boo. No, that's definitely not what I'm saying. There will always be trouble in this world. Jesus promised there will always be trouble. We're in a war. If you get shot at in a war, 
You can't really kind of complain as such. You're in a war. You're going to get shot at. Difficulty is going to happen. We need to remember this too. The world right now is not what, how God would have it. This isn't his plan. I'm going to put you somewhere where you're basically going to get shot at most of the time. It's not his plan. But the good news is, if you can remember what the slide was, this is the good news. God has won. He's already won. By being on his side, you are on the winning side. I've heard someone say once, it's okay. I've read to the end of the book. We win. It's amazing. And ultimately, you can't threaten me with heaven. You're like, that's worst case scenario. I can't be threatened with heaven. In Romans 8.28, that's a book in the New Testament, God is able to make all things work together for good for those who love him. So it says this, so we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. What does that mean? It means, yes, you will have issues. Yes, you will have struggles. Yes, you will have battles. But God is the most amazing turner arounder. He is the redeemer. He can find any situation and say, if you're willing to hand that situation over to me, I can do something amazing with it. I didn't plan for your leg to be broken. I didn't plan for any kind of car crash. I didn't plan for any of these things. And there definitely is protection in God too. That is also true. But God is the ultimate redeemer. He promises at one place, he says, I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. Here's number three. Kick the lie. There is a lie at work. Whatever your fear is, there is a lie at work. So let me give you an example. Many of you will know, I've said it here before, and I'm doing really well with it, but genuinely, there has been a fear of dentists. I'm just really not big on them, but I'm getting much better. I don't know why, because actually I think the hygienist hurts more. Anyway, so what is my fear with the dentist? Am I actually frightened of a dentist? No. Am I frightened of the pain? Well, I thought that's what it was. And then I thought, no, I'm not really. I don't, I mean, I don't think anyone loves pain particularly, but I'm not really bothered. I mean, they're not, it's, they're, they're not punching you. So I thought, it's not the pain. What is it actually underneath it all that is the lie that I must be believing because fear is there? And I know what it is. And because I know where the fear came in. But basically, I haven't got time to go into that. The lie is, I feel out of control in this situation and they are going to do something to me which I am not prepared for. That's my fear. You would say, well, that's ridiculous and it's unjust. Yeah, most fear is ridiculous. Except the tiger. Never forget the tiger. <laughs> See a tiger, run. There you go, top advice for you. Heights is another one. Years ago, I went away with a school um, as a teacher, and they tried to persuade me to get up to the top of this abseiling tower. And in the end, my aim was get to the top of the tower. They put a harness on me and everything, and when I got to the top, the guy said to me, so are you going down? No, no, 
no way, no way am I going down. I've managed to get to the top of the tower. That was the agreement. I'm going back down. What are you frightened of? Heights, I said. He said, no, you're not. You're frightened of falling. I thought, that's splitting hairs. <laughs> but anyway, there was a lie there. And the lie was, I'm not safe. That was the lie. I'm not safe. So the thing is, spotting these lies and covering them with the truth is not a straightforward task. There's no magic pill. There's no silver bullet where it all gets done. Fear and anxiety, like a well-organized enemy in war, needs taking down one battle at a time. So let's finish number three. It actually says this, kick the lie, speak out the truth. I wish we had more time to develop this, but we haven't. The battlefield is here. Worry is here. Concern, fear, anxiety, it's here. It's a battlefield within the mind. And there's a brilliant yet simple way we can overcome that, and that is this. Speak out the truth. Speak out the truth. If you are thinking one thing, it's very difficult to say something else. So if you are finding, oh, just these thoughts and they're just running round and round and round, creating neural pathways that are rehearsed and they're rather than a little like back road, it's become a B road and then an A road and now it's like a super highway motorway of these thoughts just immediately, that's what they go to. You can try and outthink your thoughts, but that's really hard going. Speak. It was wonderful that um, Sarah said earlier on about just speaking out the name of Jesus. That's a good place to start. But speak out the truth. Our, our spirits can rise up and we can speak out the truth. So let's summarize because we need to somehow bring this into some kind of landing. Three things you can see there. Ways that you can tackle fear. Number one, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. God is saying to you, you can be strong and courageous because I'm with you. Number two, God has won. He's already won. You are on the winning side. If you've said yes to him and you've surrendered your life to him, you are on the winning side. You are adopted into a family that genuinely is a winning family. It's not even a winning, it's a one family. That is really genuinely good news. Does it mean you always feel like you're on the winning side? No, it doesn't. But I don't know if you've noticed, your feelings don't always give you accurate information. Some of you need to write that down. Put it on your mirrors. Number three, kick the lie, speak out the truth. You've got to find what the lie is. And don't, don't muck about. Don't like, oh, it's this. Actually take some time. Be ruthless with yourself. Get to it and then think, no, what's the truth? So I'm going to remind you, if you're battling fear and anxiety, you haven't failed. You are not failing and you are not a failure. You're in a war. You're in a battle. I sometimes put on worship music. Well, I do anyway, but particularly if you're feeling fearful, anxious, put on worship music. Nothing in you in that moment particularly just wants to worship, just wants to sing and connect with God. But it's so powerful. Here's a bit of decent advice. Try to minimize time with friends who justify your fear. Yeah, you, you. Go through your Facebook friends. 
They justify the fear. Oh, God, yeah, oh, it's awful. Oh, my word. And they do that. I suggest you say to them, please don't do that. Or limit the time you spend with them. You need to find a friend who says, I'm not surprised you feel like that, but guess what? Be strong and courageous. God has won. All those things. Lastly, lean into God. Do it deliberately. Pray those things. So we need to finish. But be strong and courageous. Remember, God has won. Remember, kick the lie. Speak out the truth. If you've never said yes to Jesus before, I could not implore you strongly enough to just say yes to him. It is such a precious and wonderful decision. So we love you loads. We're going to pray to finish. Thank you, Father, that fear is not your plan or anxiety, worry, concern. But instead, in love, there is freedom, that you are our protector. You are our father, our guide, our counselor. We love you. We thank you that you love us, you delight in us, you enjoy us. And we want to spend time this week deliberately enjoying you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. If you would like prayer, then hop over onto Church Online and you can get some prayer. Is that still true? They can still get, yes, brilliant. They can still get prayer there. That's excellent. Um, we would love for you just to uh, like what you've seen. Just press like. You can follow us, all those kind of things. If you would love to connect with us more, then just get in touch. We would love to connect back with you and spend time in conversation. So lots of love from us. Have a brilliant week and we will see you soon. Thanks for listening to our podcast today and we hope you enjoyed it. For more information, visit ashfordvineyard.org or maybe drop into something if you're nearby. In the meantime, have a great week and know just how loved you are.